Reel on Reels, Episode 6, Waking Life, a movie that was made and released. Can we just get this shit over with? Hey everybody, it's Reel on Reels. Um, I'm Rob. And I'm Jeremiah. And today we're talking about this uh, movie called Waking Life. It's well, It calls itself a movie, but it's uh, Waking Life, and it's a Richard Linklater effort, uh, <laughs> to put mildly. Um, what is that? To put it mildly, yeah, it's, it's an effort to watch <laughs> it, to make it. <laughs> but yeah, then we're going to play uh, an old favorite game with a... A new face, by which I mean a new name. <laughs> and yeah. The game is going to be called Almost Famous. So while, I mean, if you can make it through our discussion about this. Film? Sure. Um, <laughs> that wasn't exactly You're going to get to a great game. It's going to be fun. True. Um, <laughs> so what did you think of this movie? Okay, so I guess we should first talk about what it's quote-unquote about um (laughs) so basically this guy oh it's an animated movie in a very uh and i think that's one of its merits it's a very interestingly animated movie the style is very interesting and very artistic it's a rotoscoped movie yeah it's um it it's actually like fantastic planet in some ways because that was a movie that used a, a brand new animation style. Yeah. And was kind of the first, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first like feature length film that used it and has been very influential. And, um, well, that movie was good. <laughs> but Waking Life, it used uh, like a digital, oh, what's that called? Rotoscope. It used a digital rotoscope. Program. Yeah. So basically, rotoscoping is they filmed this movie live action. Um, and it was then animated over the top of the live action film or the live action footage. I mean, and f- yeah, right. And it was it was done like through um, they used paintings, like basically, like it was a paint a painter. They used actually they used different local artists. Yeah, in Austin, Texas. Yeah, Austin, Texas, uh, local painters, and which is why it uses a bunch of different art styles throughout, like the the different. Artists had different different styled paintings and things that they that they used as inspiration. Yeah, and I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because this movie was made. We didn't explain this movie was made in two thousand one, right? Yes, it came in two thousand one. Um, and it is made by Richard Linklater, the guy who made uh, Slacker, Days and Confused, School of Rock, um, a bunch of movies yeah, that I really like. Boyhood, which took twelve seen... years to make. If you oh, didn't wow. hear that. A thousand times during Oscar season, um, <laughs> and this is his by far his worst movie. Oh, and I forgot to mention his best movie, in my opinion, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly is quite good. It's got the same animation style, right? And I I love his other movies, but I think this one is um, it's basically okay. So it's basically about this guy that gets he what he gets hit by a car. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's fair to say the entire thing is intended to be a dream. So. Right. He um, the animation helps with that in that regard. It stylistically shows, oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, kind of very surreal things. And there's a monkey professor, um, professor that's yeah, literally a monkey. It's very surrealistic, absurdist, um, and you know, it's it's all very appropriate for a dreamland. You know, it's a dreamscape. It's yeah. intended to be, you know, off kilter and Which weird. Is, and I mean, yeah, and that's fitting because I fell asleep almost a lot during this. The one that's made me dream about better things. Wow. Laying down a little thick there. Uh, no, seriously, I, I dozed off probably like three or four times watching this. And I, the worst experience I had was prolonging my suffering by having to rewind it so I didn't miss anything. So I could still talk about it and be a uh, <laughs> an honorable critic and actually watch the entire thing. Right. A competent critic. No, honorable is the right word. Don't correct me. <laughs> anyway 
Yeah, so the entire movie is a dream by uh, this character. Actually, I don't even remember the character's name. Doesn't really There's matter. No, the character does the, not have a name. Yeah, the character. Oh, okay. He's yeah. just called the protagonist. Nobody, nobody really has a name in this movie. There's not. Yeah, because really... this movie is just a collection of <laughs> this guy going from like douchebag to douchebag. <laughs> and some of the conversations are interesting and thought provoking, but why am I? Why? Why am I watching it? Why? It's boring. <laughs> art films are great, but art films need to be watchable. Right. This is not a watchable movie. Um, the animation is the only thing that kept me, kept me kind of interested. Yeah, I uh, I think part of it is that there are no real character names and there are no relationships, really. There's not... The dialogue is very yeah. one-sided for the most part. It's usually just one person talking like giving a a, like a lecture like a philosophy lecture yeah it's like it's a lot of philosophy it's a lot of philosophical talk and um main character is played by wiley wiggins by the way who was also one of the animators on the movie yeah and which is uh, interesting that's an interesting yeah uh, art director bob sabiston is also um the guy who actually came up with the program that they used to do the digital animation this is the first digitally rotoscoped movie the uh max max fleischer was the guy who made originally made rotoscoping and he's the guy that made um, Popeye, Betty Boop, you know, classic, really classic cartoons. Yeah, I didn't realize that those had anything to do with rotoscoping. That's cool. Yeah, me either. So anyway, yeah, there's, as we touched on, there, the, the movie is kind of um, uh, just a series of, like, vignettes or, right. like, little, it's kind of like a documentary in, in a way because a lot of it is, documentaries a lot of times are kind of like a series of interviews of, like, smart right. people. And there's a lot of people that play themselves in this. Right. Yeah, there's like but a animated guy. versions. Yeah, there's a guy who's like a, a film expert, and there's like some professors and um, just a bunch of different interesting people yeah. and, and, and actors. Rotos- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And like Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan Hawke and um, whoever is with him in that scene. I guess they reprise their roles from another movie um, that was made by Richard Linklater. Julie Delpy is her name. Oh, okay. Yeah, Julie Delpy. And but yeah, they were the two. Probably two of my least favorite people in this movie. I agree. Which I says a lot. I didn't really like their scene because it it didn't feel like a an authentic conversation to me at all. Right. Which um none which, of none of these things felt like an authentic conversation to me. All these things felt like people reading. Yeah, that one in particular did. Um, I do think there are, and this is one of the points I was going to make, is I do think there are several scenes in there that f- do feel more authentic, or they do feel like you're kind of watching a cool documentary and it's just like a smart guy talking about something he's really passionate about. And it's, yeah, I kind of like that. Um, like the, toward the beginning, there's this, uh, like existentialist professor or whatever talking about how he, you know, he's read the postmodernists and he thinks that there's something missing and like how, you know, it's life is about taking responsibility for yourself and, and how, you know, it can existentialism just doesn't, does not have to be like a, a, a morose, like, depressing you know uh kind of philosophy like it's it's about being living your life passionately and all this kind of stuff yeah and so you know i i just i'm kind of a philosophy nerd so i like that kind of stuff um and so i just i enjoyed some of those scenes where they're just like they're they're speaking in this kind of matter of fact way and they really do seem like they're people who are passionate about what they're talking about and this is like an actual lecture that they might give in real life you know and it kind of felt that way but there were the scenes where you know the character was was kind of annoying or they seemed like they were not genuine at all like the guy who was talking about which it's a key scene he's talking about lucid dreaming and all how how yeah you know you um you want some of the ways of, of that you know that you're lucid dreaming is flicking on and off lights which yeah the lights not turning off can't change light levels you you uh right. your digital clocks don't look right um text and books and things like mm-hmm. small text it doesn't look right <clears throat> Lucid dreaming, by the way, just in case you aren't aware, is, is a dream where you are aware that you're dreaming. And most of this movie is a lucid dream. Right. Yeah. And I th- I think that it that's why it kind of has its merits, because even though it's, to me, unwatchable, <laughs> it's still dreamlike. And it still, mm-hmm. I think, accomplishes its goal. I don't, I don't think Richard Linklater set out to make a, set out to make a movie like this and failed. I think he succeeded. I think he made the exact movie he wants. So I think 
it still deserves respect. Right. Even though I've trashed it, I think it still deserves that kind of respect for right. the piece of art that it is. And we shouldn't gloss over the fact that the animation is beautiful much of the time. Right, right. <clears throat> and very trippy and very, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it was, it's projected or it's like, it's shown at 12 frames per second, mm-hmm. which normal like live action movies are 24 frames per second. So it's very jumpy. It's very kind of uh, scattered. Um, yeah. It only took 22 days to film this movie and they used consumer level digital cameras, by the way, like cheap cameras. And it took like over a year to animate yeah, it. It took six weeks to shoot it because they shot it yeah. and they edited it. The, um, the live action footage that took six weeks total to shoot and edit. And then it, yeah, it took forever to, it was, it took 250 hours to animate one minute of footage. Yeah. And what I say is that Nuts. was a waste of time. <laughs> But, Why don't you tell me what you really think, Rob? No. Yeah. So, um, but there are there are some interesting themes in there. Um, it's a movie where you, there's probably a lot of connections and threads and things that you would find if you were to rewatch it. Um, I just got that impression from it. Um, yeah. But it does have it. That's uh, suggested maybe that he actually died because there is part of part of the dream where he like gets hit by a car or he's right. about to get hit by a car and he wakes <laughs> starts up starts off yeah it starts yeah. off with him in like this getting a ride in this car it's like a boat a car, boat car yeah <laughs> and then <clears throat> he gets hit by a car and then he wakes up fine so he's clearly in a dream or maybe the uh, who knows but yeah so it's never like yeah it's never really clear right whether he um dies or not or, it is yeah um, or whether he ever wakes up i guess yeah and it does kind of get it does get a little more um it gets a little more eerie or a little more intense later on as he keeps trying to wake up from the dream and he's starting yeah. to realize he's like wait a minute am i am i dead or something Yeah, the guy or? that tells him that you can't change light levels he tries it before he leaves the room that the guy that's in that told him that he tries to flick the lights and nothing happens yeah the guy looks. That was a cool. Oh well. That was a cool. That was cool. I, I do. I do like various things in this movie. I do like. I did like that part. <clears throat> I did like. Um, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Jones is in this movie. Yeah, we. And couldn't. he's in L- L- Richard Linklater's other rotoscope movie, A Scanner Darkly. Yeah, we had to mention that, of course. Yeah, and <clears throat> I loved Alex Jones's scene in this. It was good. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the man anymore. That was back. Yeah, yeah. when when he was um, not as crazy when he wasn't a propagandist yes <laughs> um yeah he uh he, yeah he was awesome in this but then there was another scene that was based on it was like a a red oh yeah we should talk about what alex Jones was talking about he was talking about dehumanization right uh by the government yeah so alex jones is like shown driving around in his car he's got like a pa he's got like these loudspeakers on top of his car like the blues brothers and he's <laughs> he's screaming into a um oh, yeah uh Obama and uh, a deep state and nine uh, eleven uh, but no he wasn't really talking about that but he was more he was mostly <laughs> this movie talk- was made before nine eleven so. <laughs> well it was two thousand one maybe well, this movie caused I mean it, I mean it came out in October two thousand one so obviously it was I'm just saying maybe this movie <laughs> caused nine eleven <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, Alex Jones in this, he's like screaming into this loudspeaker on top of his car and driving around, and he's talking about resisting the dehumanization that is forced upon you by government. That we're being conditioned by a corporate slave state. Democrats and Republicans are the two sides of the same coin to be, and they're fighting to be the CEO of what he calls Slavery Inc. Yeah, there, there. That is and, one of the the recurring themes is the left-right paradigm being bullshit, basically. Right. Yeah. Oh, the only scenes I liked in this movie really were the angry ones, because that's oh, yeah, how I yeah. felt. I'm not sure uh, which which actor it was. There are so many people in this movie; it's hard to keep track of it. But there is this that there one of the good, really good performances in the movie is that guy who's really angry in his jail cell, talking about all the the horrible torture he's going to inflict upon the people yeah. who put him in jail. And apparently, that is actually from that scene is actually from a novel. Right, right. I don't remember the name of the author, but there's a bunch of stuff like that where he takes like he'll take like a clip from a classic movie or like um in fact there's even a scene in there there's like a shot of like a building that's from the remake of psycho yeah it's just like directly from that movie 
Do you remember the Do you remember the scene, the vignette when it was like the people talking in the cafe and the guy was like writing, and he's like, "I'm a douche and I'm writing." Um, she's like, what are you writing about? Oh, that guy was such a douche. I wrote in my notes. I'm like, is that Richard Linklater writing this movie? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that was based in real, like him. Very well, that could movie. maybe he was kind of making fun of himself. He had to have written that in a cafe. Yeah. It had to have been written in a cafe. <laughs> yeah, this it's... movie could not have been written anywhere else besides a cafe. Yeah, it's a little heavy-handed with, um, with its like it's it's philosophy and it's um boringness i don't know it what what normally would be subtext in a movie in a lot of ways is just kind of explicitly stated in this movie i guess yeah um more I, like a boring life i mean i did like the movie uh, like i said i think there were some really cool scenes um i there's one scene i like in particular where um this girl like stops him like in a subway or something and she's like talking about how she doesn't want to be like an ant just kind of like a drone you know going about her life not paying attention to anything that's going on around her and like um yeah i thought that was cool this movie could have should have been called dozed and confused <laughs> <laughs> wow just keep keep laying them on i did like some of the stuff about like uh evolution and like how people are like what kind of like just kind of musings on modern life um, and I, I, I've read some criticisms and stuff where people are like, oh, this is just like philosophy 101 basic crap or whatever. Yeah. And I kind of see where they're coming from with that. But I mean, frankly, I took a bunch of philosophy courses and I think there's a, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that, that goes beyond philosophy 101 for sure. I mean, it's not like, I mean, if I had watched this movie when I was like 14, my mind would have been completely blown. Mm. I think it, it is kind of, that's kind of who it's aimed at in a way because i mean the main yeah like the main character is like can't disagree with that. what is he like 16 or 17 or something um and i don't think i mean I, there's movies aimed at children like small children that i love <laughs> you know what i mean like right, I, right. there's nothing wrong with that yeah um so yeah i mean i do think and actually i even came across a video of like of this guy talking about the movie saying like you know i got into my passion of philosophy because of this movie you know and so I think I think that's How cool. Is that even possible. <laughs> but yeah, good for them and good for this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I do think there are are some interesting themes um as far as like like we were talking kind of talking about before with um death like how it's kind of there that's brought up several times about how like kind of death and dreaming are kind of like juxtaposed and like how really may, death mate might just be us like kind of dreaming forever like we're just eternally in this dream state and then our waking life (laughs) as in the title (laughs) is like memories of like of our of some future like version of ourselves or something and time is another theme because it's um he talks about how uh (laughs) this you could it could be argued this is kind of a douchey move but link ladder himself (laughs) gives one of the one of these like speeches you know and it's a near near the end of the movie he's talking about philip k dick and the yeah. story he wrote that was where he didn't realize it was just the book of acts that he was writing mm. um until somebody pointed that out to him and then he kind of developed this theory about how like time is like just an instant and it's all everything that's happened or will happen is kind of all happening simultaneously and so it, yeah there's stuff like that in there that just kind of that does kind of make you think so yeah i mean i do think that ultimately the problem is that it has a very, it doesn't have much of a narrative for you to grab onto. Yeah. It's just like a guy having a dream and that's the plot. Like there really is no plot aside from that. Mm. Um, and you don't really connect to anybody. It's sort of like, and it's most like of the vignettes are poorly acted. It's like the most, it's like the most disjointed vague documentary ever made. Like it's just a bunch of random people talking about yeah. different things. And there's one scene, the scene with, I remember the scene with, uh, that has Adam Goldberg as one of the dudes and there's like this yeah. group of four dudes and there's, mm-hmm. That irritated the crap out of me because they weren't nothing they were saying made any sense, and I literally could, couldn't pull one coherent point out of it. You most of these scenes there was some kind of coherent point that you could get from it, mm. um, but that one and that one there wasn't at all. But yeah, I, my girlfriend Paula was the one who kind of uh, pushed me to pick this one for this episode because I have been wanting to watch this movie for a long time, 
and we've had some conversations about how it uh it accurately kind of captures lucid dreaming in some places mm. and cuz she and that's a topic sorry go ahead i was going to say she's had lucid dreams where like typically when she has one it's like it ends up becoming a nightmare because like she realizes she's in the dream and then she can't control things and it's like very it's like the opposite of the experience of the guy who was talking about oh i have all the sex i want and do whatever i want in my lucid dreams and so it would have been interesting to have more of that perspective in the movie yeah lucid dreaming is a topic that i'm very interested in because i've never had one and i've always wanted to have one i've had a couple really short ones really and i just didn't i I can't imagine a movie making a topic i love so much so so, um yeah i don't know it's it's one of those things where like i'm i get it's kind of it's almost like we were flipping on um city of lost children like i'm i'm seeing where you're coming from with this movie but i still have a more positive opinion of it it's like the opposite of city of lost children because you had the more positive opinion of it even though i you understood where i was coming from on it you didn't hate it all that Um, much though that's true yeah you hated this movie a lot more than (laughs) yeah um but i mean i i get why people that are into philosophy would like this movie i think people that are into animation should watch this movie oh yeah um I'm not completely blind to its merits. I I think it is an important movie, mm-hmm. even though I think it's a waste of time. <laughs> it's a very it's kind of full a, of contradictions here, Rob. I, I tell me about it. <laughs> but I I you know it's a it's important that it exists, but it's not important yeah. that you watch it. A couple of the things that I thought of, I forgot to mention earlier. Um, I was watching an interview that Link Lauder and the um, animation guy did hmm. and he, he, Linklater himself said that he doesn't think this movie like he wouldn't have ma- tried to make this movie without this like animation style and that it, he thought that it, he kind of was able to get away with it because the animation style you clearly think he didn't really get away with it no I, I, I think, think that's c- the only thing that yeah keeps kept me interested in it I think that's the only thing that makes it I I agree with them I think I think it's the only thing that yeah makes this movie kind of um important again bringing that up i because i think because it's a dream and because the animation style is so out there that it works right and dreams aren't always exciting dreams aren't always mm-hmm. whatever but yeah it's just not my i i was just kind of bored to tears <laughs> the entire time yeah, and it does. You would think this would be a pretty divisive and controversial—not controversial in a political sense, but kind of like artistically—you'd think that there would be more disagreement on it. But there's actually, as we're going to see in a minute, um, it's very—it's been very well received all around. Yeah. Speaking of which, we should check yeah. out some Rotten Tomatoes stuff. By the way, another movie that came to mind was um, while I'm pulling this up, um, I Heart Huckabees. Have you seen that? Yes. Another movie I did not like. Yeah, I didn't like that movie either. And I think that that movie is in some ways like kind of like this movie, but without the cool animation. So it's like it's it doesn't really work because it's yeah. a lot of just people philosophizing. And yeah. The best part of I Heart Huckabee, the, the best thing that came out of that was the footage of David O. Russell just losing his shit against on, Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Go look that up. It's... Yeah, look that up. That's <laughs> that's some intense. I'm sure that that's on set drama. I'm sure that kind of stuff happens, you know, because I mean, oh, yeah. with the major picture, you know, people, there's got to be high stress levels sometimes. Man. Yeah. Look that up. There's a couple, there's a couple of times like they fought throughout pretty much that entire movie. Yeah. So do we want to do some top critics on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, let's, uh, by the way, um, our uh, overall score on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should give our scores first. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you go first. I I give this movie an 8. Largely on the strength of the groundbreaking animation and um just the fact that it, it's bold and it tries different things and it it's um it just explores so many different themes it kind of makes you want to watch it again. So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go go with an 8 on this one. Okay. Definitely not perfect. Could have been better. I mean, there could have been if it had had 
more if it had a little more coherence and if it had more scenes that felt authentic to me because some of the scenes didn't feel very authentic to me right that's really my my biggest issue with I it just, yeah i think the 98 percent of it was poorly acted um oh wow i don't think it was that high of a percentage. The angry scenes were good everything else was <laughs> hack hack acting well to be fair most of these people weren't actors okay why are they in a movie <laughs> um all right four you think this movie gets a four okay that's a little higher than i expected you give it actually it's the real on reels official score <laughs> when it's real on reels official <clears throat> the real on reels official score is always the lowest score <laughs> out of the two of us oh okay no i'm just joking that's probably not a good idea yeah it should be an average though yeah we should do a real on reels official score yeah somehow maybe when we have a website or something yeah yeah, we'll figure that out. Anyway, so yeah. um so uh yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see what uh what reasons these people will give for liking it. <laughs> so the tomato meter, which is the critics, they give it eighty percent. So they're they're about where I'm at on it. Audiences yeah. are eighty seven, so they like mm-hmm. it even more. <laughs> this actually has about the same amount of ratings as City of Lost Children, actually. Yeah. Oh, it by the way, I we should mention that it was a, a very low budget independent film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, much like Link Ladder's uh, film Slacker, which was the one that kind of made him legendary. Yeah. I think he's an amazing director. Again, I, I'm trashing him a lot in this episode, but I think he's an amazing director and he makes awesome movies. But this was just not my, <laughs> not for me. Alrighty then. So we're going to jump into some top critic reviews here on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, um, Emmanuel Levy from Variety Magazine says, This inventive animated film, which takes Linklater back to his roots in Austin and Slacker, represents a summation of all the philosophical concerns that have defined him as a spokesperson for Generation X. This would be Pretty much. That, this would be a guy that likes this movie. He gives it a B plus. Jeff Strickler. Mr. Strickland, he says, For a movie heralded as the cutting edge of visual innovation, waking life is disappointingly dull in every other respect. Amen, sir. All right. Which, I mean, that's, yeah, that's about pretty much the summation of my... The summation of my thesis, of my hypothesis. Moira McDonald of the Seattle Times says, I like her name. Moira McDonald. Moira, because have you ever seen the show Farscape? I've only seen a couple episodes, maybe. It's like a Henson like sci-fi show. Right. Oh, it's so good. But the ship is a living ship, and it's named Moira. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, she says, It may not be for everyone. The movie requires a high tolerance for statements such as, there's only one instant, and it's now, and it's eternity. But it's nothing like, but it's not. It's like nothing else in theaters right now. Hmm. That's probably why they made more money. Faint praise, but okay. Stephen Hunter of the Washington Post and his epic beard says. Minute 69 evolves several geological epochs later into minute 70. And then there are 27 minutes left to go. <laughs> wow. I, I agree. I don't even, I'm not even sure what he means by that. Um, he's saying that the movie just drags. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That went right over my head. <laughs> it does kind of drag sometimes. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone says, Linklater's cerebral provocations allow for trickling visuals. Check out that car boat and lively humor. <laughs> Check out that car boat. All right. So that's, Give me a break. That's some of our topics. Let's see what the, uh, let's see what let's these... see what the our uh, adoring public say. Adam R. One and a half stars. A philosophy lecture disguised as a movie. The animation style was interesting at first, but you'll hate it after the first ten minutes. Whose idea was it into making this into a full-length feature film? Very monotonous. First and only viewing. 
9 15 2014. I don't know why he included the date that he watched it. It's important. Reese J says five stars. Stunningly impressive visuals complement the intense existentialist conversations in such a way that you can watch it again and again with a deeper understanding of it every time. That's about the most charitable review you could possibly give it. That's yeah. probably exactly what Link Otter was going for. I don't think it achieves that, but uh, hey, that guy liked it, so that's cool. Mm, yeah. Anthony K. for four and a half stars says, the proto-inception that surpasses the Chris Nolan blockbuster in every sense. Philosophers and fans of TED Talks who can stomach a non-linear avant-garde presentation will find much to like here. Further proof that Linklater is a stellar filmmaker who still goes sadly unnoticed. I wouldn't yeah. say that he goes unnoticed. Yeah, the, director, some... the guy who directed School of Rock goes unnoticed. Right, he had, he's had some big movies. School of Rock was... I love that movie, but yeah, that was, that was yeah. pretty... I think School that movie did pretty well. School of Rock was a blockbuster, I believe. I wouldn't be surprised. It's got Jack Black. There's not many movies your teachers talk about, but I remember my middle school teacher coming into class and was like, you guys have to see School of Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those movies that actually kind of grows on you. Like, I mean, I liked it the first time I saw it, but like, it's so unassuming that you yeah. just kind of watch it. You're like, oh, that was that was pretty cool. But then you think about it and you're like, wow, they this was so well executed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's great. How did they make such an absurd premise seem plausible? That That's what's yeah. incredible about that movie. But anyway. But yeah. Um, so do you want to play our game? I think I would like to play a game, Rob. Cool. Glad you asked. It is time for the Almost Famous Game. Almost Famous. It's the Almost Famous Game. Almost Famous. Only on Real Unreals. Might as well name it after another a movie by another Gen Xer, like, uh, which is uh, Cameron Crowe. He's, right. He made Almost Famous. Great movie. It is a good movie. Otherwise, I mean, we're not going to make a game called Waking Life. I, no. I won't have it. <laughs> um, so, we have come up. This used to be called the IMDB game, but we wanted to start making names for our stuff. So, Oh, oh Jeremiah. Yes, Rob. Um, before we start explaining the rules, could you uh, do me a favor and move that ladder over to the bookshelf? Uh, to that side of the bookshelf? Sure. Um, and uh, pull down that 328-pound ledger of ours. The official Reel on Reels score ledger. You re- you weighed it? Yeah. All right, wow. I didn't realize it was that heavy. Yeah, I had to take it to a veterinarian. Oh, okay, because you had to use one of those big scales. Yeah. Know, the big dog dog scales or whatever. Yeah, because I, I tried to put it on a, just a person scale. and Just broke the scale? N- well, no, I just couldn't see the numbers because the book's so big. It just covers the dial. It okay. covers everything. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> we have the Reel on Reels ledge. And as always, follow Reels on Reels ledge at Reels on Reel, Reel on Reels ledge on Twitter. He tweets all the time. Heath Ledge. Um, uh, still not a thing. And anyway, so this game is the almost famous game. And what we're going to be doing is... Jeremiah and I have come up with three actors. It could be any. It could be actors, directors, anything. But in this case, I think we both. Yeah, we've all come, we've come up with actors, and we are going to go to their IMDb page. On IMDb, each actor has a list of four movies that they are quote known for. IMDb chooses these based on I'm not sure exactly what maybe ratings maybe scores but the goal of the game is to try to guess which movies they're known for and we have three strikes after two strikes we get a hint which is uh, the years of the movies and uh, for each movie we get right it's a point in the official ledge and uh, Jeremiah could you please um, tell us what the score is in our ledger sure Rob all right so the official totals that we have at the moment are 11 for Rob and 10 for me. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> you are. 
So would you like to go first and ask me? <laughs> sure. All right. Your first actor. Yes. Is. Yes. Thomas Cruise. Thomas Cruise. Thomas Cruise is probably best known for, on IMDb, Mission Impossible. That is one of the movies. Oh, wait a minute. Or at least cut me some slack and have it be one of the Mission Impossible movies. Actually, uh, sorry, I, I, it seems so obvious to me that I just assumed it was the r- right answer, but it's actually not one of the top four, believe it or not. None of the Mission Impossible movies are on there. No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know what to tell you. I didn't. Uh, I didn't design the page. Okay, so I'm gonna say um, Top Gun. Ding 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 ding. Oh, so you forgot to make the ant sound. So I do yeah, have a strike. You do have a strike. Um, so I got Top Gun. That's a that's a punt. Mark my punt down in the villager, so you don't forget my punt. Um, risky business. Risky Business is not one of them. What are the years? All right. Well, the so remaining got two, three movies. You got two strikes. So the remaining movies are from 2003, 2002, and 1996. 2003, 2002, 1996. 1996 is probably Jerry Maguire. Ding, 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 ding. Um, That's another point, Rob. Thank you. Um... What about, oh, Minority Report? Ding, 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 ding. All right, that's three. All right. Um, this is a little harder than you would expect it to be for I know. somebody like Tom Cruise. Uh, what other movies has he made? Oh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb. Mm, go out on that limb, Rob. That's he what we do star here. In this, he didn't star in this movie. But he had mm. a very popular role. I'm going to say mm. Tropic Thunder. Mm. Oh, that is a good guess. That's a great movie. It's not correct, okay. but it's a good movie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The one that you didn't get is from 2003. It's uh, The Last Samurai. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, my first actor for you, Jeremiah, is the one and only Michael Bluth, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Okay. Just to let you know, one of these movie or one of these uh, known fours is a TV show. Okay. So it's not the all four are not movies. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Which I think that's more than I think it's fair. Yeah, it's you know a that. fair hint. Yeah. Um. So go ahead. What do you think? So Jason Bateman. Um. Obviously, Arrested Development. Ding 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 ding. All right. Um. Jason Bateman was in Horrible Bosses. And, uh, all right. All right. Other Jason Bateman films. Um, Hancock comes to mind. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'll give that as an answer. And, all right. <laughs> I um, guess I get the years now. It might yes. Help. So the remaining years are 2013, 2016, and 2007. Okay. There's one where I can like picture the 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 poster, but I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, jeez. Oh, he was in that one with uh, that actress from Bridesmaids. Um, oh, I can't even remember her name right now. It was like it was like a, a planes, trains, and automobiles type movie. Oh man, I, I'm throwing in the towel. Throwing in the towel? I'm throwing it in. The first time in Real on Reels history you're throwing in the towel? Actually, I don't think it is the first time, but... <laughs> okay. So, and, um, your... The, uh, the movies that you did not get are Bad Words, 2013. Oh, that doesn't even sound familiar. He plays a, uh, a guy that exploits a loophole in spelling bee competitions. But he's like a real jerk. Mm, I vaguely remember that. But anyway, um, and then Zootopia, 2016. Oh. And Juno, 2007. <sighs> I can't believe I didn't get Juno. Yeah. 
and I'm going to feel even, I feel even dumber because of one of the actors that I chose. So, oh, well, (laughs) oh, I can't believe I didn't get Juno. All right. I liked him in that movie. He was really good in it. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Okay. (laughs) That was the first movie that I saw him in after seeing the rest of development. Okay. Gosh, I can't believe I missed that one. All right. Well, you win some, you lose some. I guess. See it for me. Okay, so your next person is Kate Winslet. Okay. Um, Titanic. Ding, ding, ding. Heavenly Creatures. Although I love that movie and I love Peter Jackson. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Correct. Um, You've now got five points just for this game. I don't even really know what else she was in. Then I picked a good one. And it's funny, in this competition, we both picked Kate Winslet. <laughs> before we before we record, we always make sure that we didn't do any duplicates, and this time we actually did. But um, I don't know. Uh, Kate Winslet. Titanic 2? Titanic year? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's what? Two, two strikes? Yeah, what, what are the years? All right, so your years are 2008 and 1995. Oh, um, well, Romeo and Juliet? Oh, she, no. Oh, she wasn't in No, that, that was actually Claire Danes. Oh, damn it. Three strikes. Oh, yes, that's three strikes. So the other two movies are Revolutionary Road with, um... Oh, okay, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. And Sense and Sensibility. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about that movie. All right. I just know the novel is written by Jane Austen. The next actor I have for you is Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I haven't even seen Team America, but I know of that scene. <laughs> or that, or, or his character in that movie. Anyway, so Matt Damon was in, of course, The Born Identity. You're kidding me. It's not on there. What? Yep. Not one of the four. Oh, come on. Sorry, Jeremiah. Okay, Matt Damon. Well, he's been in like a million movies. Okay. Goodwill Hunting. Ding 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 ding. Okay. Wow, the hard part is just going to be figuring out which ones would be on that list because there's so many. Oh man, I'm just going to go with The Adjustment Bureau because I love that movie. Okay, so I need the years. All right, so the remaining years are two. Oh, I'm sorry, 1999, 2006, and 2015. Oh, geez. Okay. Interstellar. Really? Jeez. You were close. Wow. Yeah, you, that he was not in that movie. I screwed the that pooch on that Matt, one. That was Matthew McConaughey. No, no, no. Matt Damon was in Interstellar. It, it's got Matthew McConaughey, but it also has Matt Damon. He plays a really good role, actually. Oh, yeah, it's been a while. He's a guy who's been stranded on a planet by himself. It's really cool. No, the movie's called The Martian. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's hilarious because, yeah, he is in The Martian, but he's also in Interstellar. He plays a guy who's been stranded on a planet. Oh. And on The Martian, he he's stranded on Mars, but in Interstellar, <laughs> he plays a which came out before. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was The Martian one of them? Yeah, The Martian is... Okay, I should have known that. 2015 movie. Okay. 2006 was The Departed. Oh, I love that movie. How did I not think of that? And then 1999 was The Talented Mr. Ripley. Okay, that should have been a lot easier than it was. <laughs> I, that, I'm, my brain is not working. Cause those, easier than Bateman, for sure. Those should have been those should Damon have been should have been the first one on my list. I've seen every one of those movies. Oh, wait, actually, no, I haven't seen The Martian, but I still should have known that. That's good. Yeah. Um... So what's your next one from my... Okay, Rob. The next actor you have to play is Michael (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) Oh, another Arrested Development actor. Yeah, that wasn't intentional. We didn't pick two Arrested Development characters. No, that was intentional. (laughs) Because we both came up with Kate Winslet. 
And then I, I knew you picked Michael Sarah, so I was like, okay, I'll just do Jason Payne. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Michael Sarah, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ding, ding, ding. Is one of these a television show? No. Okay. Um, super bad. Correct. Um, I'm gonna say Juno. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's it's to- it was totally unintentional that we ended up with two answers that were the same. Yeah, <laughs> Juno. Yeah. Uh, this is the end. No, but his scene in that movie is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's a strike. So, right. um, two more movies. Jeez, what two else more was strikes. he in? I don't know. Yep. Give me the years. I'll take a right. strike. The years are 2007 and 2008. I'm blinking. I'm blinking on Sarah. Oh, no. Okay. So, third strike. Um, the one that should have been easy was super bad. I said super bad. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, oops. But you t- you said <laughs> it was right. Oh, wow. Okay, I messed up. That was on me. That was fine. <laughs> Um, the other one was Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, yeah. Meh. <laughs> I never saw it either. Okay, so my third actor. All right, hit me. For you is the one and only Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, otherwise Lawrence? known as Morpheus. Morpheus. In the Matrix. Yes. So that's a point, I assume? Wait, what? Oh, you that was... The Matrix was my guess, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Okay, nice. Okay. Um, this one is kind of tough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick. It might He, he might actually have two Matrix movies on the top four. So I'm going to say Matrix Revolutions. And... Okay. okay. I'll uh, I'll drop that thread. So, how about um, Contagion? Ding 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 ding. Which also happens to have Kate Winslet in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not think you would get that one. I saw that in the theater. I saw that one in the theater too. Unfortunately. Oh. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh directed it, and he's actually in Waking Life. So there's another connection. <laughs> <sighs> We're making bridges when we're not even playing bridges. Ooh. All <laughs> right, so keep going. What else? What other movies you think are on this list? You got two more. I do have one strike, right? Okay. You so, do have one strike. Yeah. Um. Oh man, Lawrence Fishburne. What else is that crazy cat in? Oh, he is in a great movie. One of my favorite movies in recent years. Um, if I, I think, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no. I'm getting him fi- mixed with Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I was thinking of Arrival, but How no, Forrest you. Whitaker. How dare you? Forrest Whitaker's good, too. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, give me another strike, because I just can't. Uh, all right. The, uh, the remaining years are... Well, actually, it's they're both from 2003. They're both from 2003? Yes. Huh. That would be like... I'm just going to say The Matrix Reloaded. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, nice. All right. Okay. Will you sweep the fish? Will I sweep the fish? Will you get all of the movies right? Will you sweep the burn? <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Um. Oh, geez. You're not going to get this one. Probably not. And you're going to go, I didn't even know he was in that movie. Or, I've never seen that movie. Or, All right, I'm throwing in the towel. Mystic River. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. He's known for that movie? Really? IMDb. I saw don't, that movie. Don't, don't filibuster me. I saw Mystic River, and I remember it pretty well, and I don't even remember him being in it. Don't file an injunction against <laughs> me. That's that's blowing my mind. Have right? the IMDb game or just IMDb call for an investigation. 
by the <laughs> FBI into IMDb. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, it's blown my mind. Yeah, I don't remember so, uh, that movie at all. What uh, what points? What what is the uh, what are the current standings now that we've got our scores? So I got got a couple points out of that, so that helped me a little bit. Um, I'm at 15. You are at 19. Nice. I've pulled ahead significantly. It was a one point lead. Now it's four. We'll catch up. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about or plug or uh, anything? At all? (laughs) (laughs) No, man. I just think uh, this is a good conversation about a movie that we disagreed on pretty fundamentally, actually. Yeah. And. uh, it's interesting to hear your perspective. Yeah, if you don't, if if you're listening to this, I recommend not listening to this episode. It's <laughs> a little late for that. Um, just don't even watch the movie. Don't listen to the episode. So, if uh, would you like to go through our spiel on how to go, contact us? Go through our spiel. Yeah. Just look up Real on Reels on everything. Yeah, we're on Twitter at Real on Reels, Facebook real and reels anchor.com or to anchor.fm and yeah we're on like all the podcatchers basically yeah. so. email us at real on reels official at gmail.com if you have any questions tips tricks or uh you know any cool buzzfeed lists um <laughs> yeah, anything really yeah thanks for thanks for listening thanks for telling your friends because of course you've told all of your friends we know yeah. I mean, because um, why wouldn't you? Right. Because you're just, sides are splitting with laughter, of course. So, of course you're going to tell all your friends. Yeah, and uh, I guess we should probably tease what we're going to be talking about next episode, right, Jeremiah? That's correct, Rob. Next episode on Real on Reels. Rob and Jeremiah will be discussing The Cable Guy. The cable guy. Cable guy. Bye. Toodaloo. Ciao.